morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning? I know it's muggy because it's August in the deep south, but we're going to have fun for the next hour or so talking about gardening. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing. My producer is an awesome Java Chapman. This is MTV, Mississippi Public Broadcasting's weekly garden party we call the Gestalt Gardener. I've got some really cheesy music coming up, including another installment of Dear Felder, Dear Felder. Got some fun emails, a few announcements about events that are related to gardening, but mostly it's a college program. It's live. Here it is, almost the middle of August. May or may not get some thunderstorms a year neck of the woods, but we're going to hunker down and talk for the next hour or so just about gardening in the deep south. Again, horticulture spell rushing in, Java Chapman. Be right back with the Gestalt Gardener right after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie folks, welcome back. Horticulture spelled a rushing. And like I said earlier, we're going to be talking about gardening for the next hour or so. So if you want to give us a call, it's toll free, one eight seven seven m P.B. Ring. we got a whole hour to do it. got plenty of time. Also, answer emails if you send them to me, garden at mpbonline.org. Um, and I want to give a special shout-out to those of you who listen to this program by way of podcast. I mean, uh, we get we get emails from all over the country saying that they tune in. And uh, just want to, while our emphasis is on it being a Southern thing, I know from firsthand experience and a lot of observation, the gardens pretty well do things the same with minor adjustments, a few different plants here and there, planting times. You know, some people can plant earlier, later, or longer. Uh, but we just approach it a little differently. It's still digging a hole, sticking something in that green side up, and hoping for the best. If it doesn't work, we just pick up and do it again. And uh, by the way, Java, you know, we you send me a whole bunch of emails every week. You know, it's kind of weird sometimes. Get a bunch of them. What do you What do you mean? Why is it weird? People want to get their questions answered, man. I know, but I mean, it's just like it's 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 like lanyap again. Hey, I wanted to share one in particular because I don't know if you just forward them, if you read them, or, or look over my shoulder, or anything like that. Uh, but got a real special note from a listener named James Sloan. He said, and and this is exactly what he wrote. He said, "I don't want anything. Just to let you know where in the world I live and listen." Hendersonville, Tennessee, close to Nashville, NPR Radio 1, podcast thingy. So I guess that podcast thingy must reach a lot of folks. Oh, yeah, it does. We've gotten, uh, you know, emails from our other local programs about people listening all over the country, Milwaukee, um, California, even uh, we got Canada and, and China, if you can believe it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, well, we, we had a guy who, who moved uh, – Years ago to Austria, wanted some advice on growing okra in pots in Austria. I'm thinking, okay, but I love it. Podcast thingy. Is that what we call it? <laughs> I think that's the technical term. <laughs> technical term. Well, uh, man, listen, I appreciate the hard work you've been doing, Java, you and everybody else, uh, while I've been out of the country. But, you know, I'm going to be coming home in a couple of weeks and uh, seeing what my garden looks like. And I hope it looks pretty good because there's a uh, – there's a special event coming up at, at MPB with the TV thing coming up in a couple of weeks, isn't it? 
Yeah, you know watch. About it? You got yeah, watch us shine. It's uh, coming up uh, August twenty third. It's going to feature everybody from uh, from MPB Radio and MPB Television, and it's going to be a special um, exclusively on MPB TV. So just mark your calendars, and it's something that the listeners and, and tuna inners don't want to miss. Well, we got something uh, kind of special. I got a, a text the other day from Wyatt Waters. You, you know, have you met Wyatt? You know Wyatt Waters? Uh, no, I haven't. Famous. I haven't met yeah, him, but he, they're on the show. Um, him and um, uh, with a uh, pallet to pallet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's uh, you know, we, we we're like brothers. We're both older, long hair, ponytail, gray hair. He paints. You know, I, I yabber about plants and all, uh, and we're actually related from, you know, a couple of hundred years ago. But anyway, he's really well-known uh, watercolor artist from uh, people all over the world know him. But he's going by in a week or so, and he's going to actually do a watercolor of my truck garden. And uh, I think that MPB is, uh, I think the TV folks are actually going to videotape him painting my truck in front of my yard with a garden in the back. And uh, it's going to be shown on the special. That'll be kind of fun. Yeah, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good thing. Like I said, August twenty third, seven p.m. Watch us shine. It's actually a special pledge program. So you know, for all those people who support or want to support, we're doing it just for you. And it's August twenty third. All righty, man. We'll get a little bit more details about that, especially when we find out how it goes with Wyatt. Uh, hey, let me let me share some other things that are coming up. Anybody interested? Uh, real real quick, I, I know we got a, a caller on line. If you just hang on, Rachel, just a second. I want to make sure I get these out because there's there's some fun stuff. Um, August the 25th, there's going to be two events at the same time. One at, at, at each of the state, Crosby Arboretum, uh, down near uh, uh, Picayune, right outside Pic, uh, Picayune. Uh, is going to have a workshop on how to plant your own prairie. Excuse me, it's a native plant field walk through the Crosby Arboretum. Uh, that's, and also at Tishomingo State Park, way up in the northeast corner, they're going to have a workshop on how to plant your own prairie wildflower garden. That's at Tishomingo State Park. Both of them put on by the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science. If you'd like some more information, that's August 25th. Uh, just Google MMNS, Mississippi Museum of Natural Science, and it'll take you from there. Uh, also, coming up next week, the Lafayette County Master Gardeners are having two free presentations Saturday, August 11th. That's a week from this Saturday from 1230 to 215 from noon until early afternoon. It's going to be at the Lafayette County uh, Oxford Public Library. Uh, one is going to be on lawn care. Kyle Jeffries, uh, he's a great guy. He's a, uh, a, a, a turf specialist. He's going to talk about lawn care, weed control, fertilizer, and that sort of thing. And then right after that is going to be uh, Matt Britt, who's a local owner. of a, He's a vegetable producer, and he's going to talk about fall and spring garden planting. Uh, so that's coming up next Saturday. Uh, there's a couple of other things I want to uh, share with you, but it's a call-in program. Let's do that by going down to Fairhope, Alabama. Good morning, Rachel. Thank you for holding. How are you? Hey, Felder. I'm good. How are you doing? Good so far. What you got going on today? Well, um, this book has been about the wildfire class, and um, that's basically what I was calling about. There's a uh, large area to the side of our house that, we recently cleared out, and um, it's basically it's like sandy soil, and there's uh, it's dappled with sun. And I was considering um, planting wildflowers in that area, and I was going to see if you would recommend that. And uh, if you do, kind of have a wild, um, and if you don't, then what else would you recommend? 
Oh, no, I, I definitely would, but let's don't think of them as wildflowers. Let's think of them as native plants because if you have okay. just wildflowers, and, 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 and keep in mind, I passed the Native Plant Society, and I lecture on, on native plants and wildflowers literally coast to coast. But if you emphasize just those, typically we have some spring flowers that look kind of nice, and then it's kind of weedy looking until fall. And then we have some fall wildflowers that look weedy. So if you just think of individual native plants and work them into, like a, a if you have like a curving walk through it, just any kind of straight, uh-huh. it could be straight walk for that matter. But if you'll have a walkway and line it on either side with uh, something natural, I'm thinking maybe just some big, thick tree branches, you know, like small logs, just sort of line the, the walk and, and make it a mulch path, then you've got okay. this side of the walk and that side of the walk to so divide it up in two places. And here and there on either side, if you'll plant some selected uh, flowering shrubs that give you some color in the you know the winter, spring, summer, and fall, and they can be native plants. And then in between them, put little groups of some of our best native plants, including things like purple coneflower, black-eyed susan, things in springtime like Coreopsis and black-eyed susan. Fall, you can have uh, even goldenrod. There's some incredible varieties of compact, low-growing, non-spreading goldenrods. But uh, I can send you a list of some really good native plants, but also think about sticking in a few really out-of-season plants and aren't native plants, like some of the paper white uh, daffodils that bloom in the middle of the winter when nothing else is out there. They'll bloom fine on the coast, and then maybe in the summertime to kind of spruce it up. So in other words, mostly native wildflowers and a few shrubs uh, on either side of a walk with some kind of uh, hard feature like a it could be a section of split rail fence. It could be a, a upside down stump. It could be, you know, a bottle tree. Uh, you know, a- anything that looks kind of natural, that's kind of artistic, and that'll give you something that the flowers can come and go around, so you don't have a weedy look part of the year. Okay, that's that, great. That, that's great. Thank you. Was that too? Was that too much at one time? <laughs> I I, I uh, remember some of those things. Hopefully. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's, Shoot me an email. This is something I've actually worked with for a long time. There's a, a place in Texas outside Austin. It's the National Wildflower Research Center. It's part of the Lady Bird Johnson. I actually gave the first presentation in their, their auditorium. But I wrote an article for some years ago called How to Get Away with Wildflowers in Town. And there's three or four just real, real simple tricks I just mentioned, and I'll be glad to sum it up with some suggested good plants for along the Gulf Coast. So shoot me an email about it. All right, thanks so much. And uh, I did email you at fellowrushing.com. Uh, do you have a new email address? No, 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 I don't do that. Uh, I haven't done that in a long time. It's uh, sh- shoot okay. it to garden at mpbonline.org. Garden at right. mpbonline.org. I haven't I used uh, that other website to, for forever. Oh, okay. All right, well, thank okay. you. Okay, L- look forward to it. This can be fun, and it can be easy, too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, thanks. See you, Rachel. Okay, we're going to go from where the for the Gulf Coast laps on the shores of southern Alabama all the way up to Corinth, Mississippi, what I call the icebox of the state, and talk to, is this R.C.? Is that what you go by, R.C.? Yes, that's it, fella. Howdy. What's, what's up, man? I've got a two-part question. Uh, what about squash in the fall? Is it, When do you plant those, and is, is it very, is it, Advisable to do that. Uh, do they do they flourish in the fall? 
Well, yeah, matter of fact, squash, a lot of the summertime vegetables actually produce better in the fall than they do in the middle of the summer. Uh, the trouble is getting them to, to grow this time of year. Uh, we're we're at really at the tail end, the, sort of the, the last recommended time for planting summer stuff in North Mississippi would be like this weekend, uh, you know, first to middle part of, of August. But if you'll plant them and you could keep the plants mulched, keep the ground cool, and, and keep them watered, the little plants will grow thick and sturdy and fast in hot weather, and then they'll produce great in the cooler days of September, October, even November if we don't get a frost. Um, I got you. The, okay. The, the main, main thing you need to worry about planting uh, summer stuff for fall is, uh, again, you want to keep the ground cool and moist, not wet, not hot, but cool and moist, so mulch and a good soaking. Also, we tend to have more problems with insects that build up over the summer, so you're going to have to keep an eye on that, uh, you know, a little, little bit more than you would stuff planted back in the spring. Okay, that sounds, sounds good. Uh, the second part of the uh, what I have is uh, blueberry bushes. Is it? Yeah. I've got blueberry bushes that we've never really trimmed back. It seems like yeah. uh, they're not they're not doing well from year to year. Uh, now I say once were. How how much can you trim those blueberry bushes back? Well, you can, you can cut them almost to the ground, and they send up they'll send up suckers from from you know right at or even below the ground. The problem is if you prune them hard now, this late, they'll put up new growth the rest of the summer, may not have time for that new growth to toughen up and mature before fall to set flower. But in other words, you may skip some berries next year. So what I would do is I would cut some of them hard now, and then the others next year, just as soon as you get through harvesting in late June, July, whenever it is, you, you pick your blueberries. But we want to give them a, you know, enough time to put out growth for it to mature and set buzz before fall, and we're kind of pushing it now. But yeah, uh, anyway, to okay. you, you can also cut parts of each plant back, the stuff that's too tall to reach. Here's what most commercial growers do. The stuff that's really tall, as soon as it gets through picking, they just cut it out, you know, down as wherever you want to. And then whatever's left, if you'll snip the tips off the new growth, the stuff that came out this year, you know, whatever came out this year, it can be kind of a funny light blue-green you can cut right. this year's growth as much as halfway back now, and it'll have time to bush out set buds for fall, and that'll keep it more compact. So main thing is cut the tall stuff back as soon as you get through harvesting, snip whatever grew this year back a little bit, and you're done till next year. Very good. All right. Thanks a million. Appreciate it. All righty. You bet. Kind of a funny okay, folks, we got a – hello? I don't know what that was. Might have been me. Anyway, a couple of things. We're we're about to uh, to go into a break, and uh, we're going to play this thing called Dear Felder, Dear Felder. Now, this is something that you all have sent in suggested lyrics to. It's from an uh, old uh, John Prine song called Dear Abby Abby. Uh, my friend up in the Delta, who's named Gus Mohammed, he puts them all to music. And this, this week's version, I really like the, the second part of it. So anyway, we're going to play uh, here Gus Mohammed playing Dear Felder, Dear Felder. We're going to take a break and then come back and check with, in with the okra guy in North Carolina. Uh, this guy named Chris has been growing like 50 or 60 different kinds of okra. And we've been following it. And uh, he's got some stuff he wants to share with you. So a real quick thing, Dear Felder, Dear Felder by Gus Mohammed from Belzona. A little bit of break, and then we're going to hear 
a little bit about growing over before we come back for MPB, Mississippi Public Broadcasting, Gestalt Gardner. Stick with us, folks. We'll be able to get your calls right after this. Dear Felder, dear Felder, why I never thought If I used some Roundup I'd ever get caught There I was spring in a stiff summer breeze And now all my neighbors don't have any trees Sign big trouble Dear trouble, dear trouble, this is a big mess Admire the huspa you had to confess. Fifty years from now, they should all be back in. And then you can work in your yard once again. Sign, dear Felder. Dear Felder, dear Felder, my fountain pool leaks. My wife thinks it's pretty, but I think it stinks. Drowned all my roses in my flower bed They were covered in black spots But now they are dead Sign, thorn troubled Thorn troubled, thorn troubled This isn't your fault You can't make it right if it isn't gestalt If you can't make a go in the dirt with your luck You might do some better if you're planning a truck Sign, dear Felder. Okay, folks, we're going to be talking with uh, Chris about okra in just one second to get him on the phone. Meanwhile, let's go down to Sims, Alabama, talk with Jim. How are you this morning, Sir Jim? Okay, Felder, how are you today? Good, good, good. What's going on? Well, I've got a question. Um, my sago palms, I have one on each corner of my swimming pool area, and they took a beating over the over the winter this year, and all the leaves oh, turned yeah. brown, and I cut all the brown leaves off of every one. And they've, all of them have come back except for one. And what I call the brain, the big thing on the top, it keeps growing, yeah. and it's got those orange, you know, orangey seeds inside, but this one hasn't gotten any new leaves where all the others have. And I was wondering yeah. if, that, if this is dead or it's just going slower or it'll come back next year or, or what? Well, and, and I don't know. This is something that, you know, we're always in kind of a limbo with, uh, with the Sagos because most of the time they make it just fine, even up in central Alabama, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. But uh, a hard freeze can, can kill that little growing bud in the top. But if you're if, if that middle thing at the flowering part, the part that's going to make seeds, if it's still growing, that's a good sign because the, the you know that's the growing point. So it sounds like yeah. instead of putting out leaves and then flowering, it's just doing the flower think it's still got leaves on it. So there's a good chance yeah. that when it gets through making seeds, it'll start putting out new leaves. At least it's still alive. Yeah, on this one, uh, the, well, I'll, I'll call the what do you get the flower about the size a little bit bigger than a basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the flower part. Mm-hmm. But but like I say, you know, they, they either put on leaves or they flower, not at the same time. So it sounds like that mm-hmm. yours was going to flower before it put on new leaves this year. But meanwhile, all the last year leaves are gone. So it just it's flowering kind of naked. When it gets through flowering, it should put on some leaves at the top. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Nothing you can do about it, that's for sure. Yeah. You know, this thing's like seven feet tall, and I would hate to replace it with something that's like, you know, a foot tall. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, well, you know, that's, that's just part of gardening, though. You know, Sagos mm-hmm. are, you know, usually a good solid gamble. But, you know, if we have winters like we just had, which is a normal winter, you know, they've got damaged. Uh, they've been killed even down into Florida. So, you know, the fact yeah. you've got some alive is, is great. So, anyway, this thing's still alive. Let's just see what happens. Okay, well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, let me throw out one other thing. It seems like somebody told me last year, I want to say I looked this up, but somebody, some, in the back of my mind, I have this idea that the seeds of sagos might be poisonous to dogs. I don't know that, yeah. I don't know why he said that, but uh, if you I've got dogs, okay, so if you, you know, if you got, you know, don't throw them at your dog. Yeah, I know, my, my cat never goes out, but the squirrels eat them like crazy. They'll sit right inside that flower and eat the seeds right off of it. No accounting for taste, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, thank you so much. I appreciate your help. Okay, though. Good luck on that. Thanks. All right, our, our, our toll-free number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Hey, we got Chris on the line. Are you still trying to hook him up? Uh, we're still trying to hook him up. He must be out in the field or something. Yeah, he had, he had, he said he was going to be here. Anyway, his, his, uh, his, his name, folks, in case you're wondering, is Chris Smith. He's got a a website called indefenseofokra.com, indefenseofokra.com. He planted like, I don't know, 60 or 80 different varieties this spring, and he's documenting them how they produce. Uh, Also, a lot of different recipes, a lot of different ways to use it for fiber, uh, so many different things you could do. Uh, He sent me a picture last week of, of the different kinds of pods. It's just incredible, the shapes, the sizes, even the colors of some of the pods of this wonderful heat-loving southern plant. Anyway, we're gonna, uh, if, if we can, can get him on the line, we'll chat with him. Meanwhile, we've got the toll-free line. If you want to give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring And uh, until, we, until we get Chris on the line, if you want to check out uh, the picture that, that's on his website that he sent me, called indefenseofokra.com. Join the okra army. It's kind of, kind of weird, but... Anyway, uh, if you want to give us a call, it's toll-free, mpb ring Hey, let me share uh, a couple of uh, other things that are coming up, e- e- events. I-, I mentioned that there's going to be a uh, uh, native plant field walk at Crosby Arboretum on August 25th, and also a plant-your-own-prairie wildflower garden at Tishomingo State Park on August 25th. If you want information about those, uh, just Google Mississippi Museum of Natural Science, and it'll give you information. Uh, a week from this uh, Saturday, Lafayette County Master Gardeners are going to have two free presentations starting at noon at the Lafayette County Oxford Public Library. One are all about lawn care. This guy really knows his stuff. Uh, and also, the, um, uh, the, there's going to be a fellow named Matt Briggs who's going to be talking about fall and spring vegetable gardening. Uh, also, we've got a, uh, a series of things going on down the Gulf Coast. Uh, uh, Jim Del Prince, uh, Dr. Del Prince, who is a... Uh, world-renowned uh, floral designer. He's a horticulture specialist at the MSU Coastal Research uh, Center. Um, he's going to be having workshops this fall starting in late August uh, and some every month. If you're interested in those kind of things, floral design type things, uh, go to coastal.msstate.edu or shoot me an email. I'll send you some more details. Uh, speaking of Gulf Coast, let's slide down to Biloxi. Good morning, Walter. How are you this morning? What's going on? Oh, there's not much going on. How are you doing? I have so a far, question. so good. Uh, excuse me? Hello? Yeah, yeah. We're, 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 on, we're on the air. What's up? I have a question about those uh, wonderful, wonderful 
pomegranates? Yeah. Uh, how do you tell if they're ripe? <laughs> yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good question. Oh, uh, it, the, the best thing I can say, it sounds kind of weird, just squeeze it. You know, they'll start showing some color. You know how they look in the store. They're, you know, they have little little reddish shoulders to them. But when yes. you squeeze them, it, you know, feels like a like an orange. I guess it starts getting a little bit squeezy. Uh, do you have Do you have several on your plant? You have more than just one. Yes, I have several, but only on the tree. It only get one, one only one or two make it large as a softball, yeah. and the rest of them is smaller as a tennis ball or smaller. Yeah, well, you know, tennis ball, that's that's not a bad size one because uh, keep in mind a lot of you know, things things go, they grow differently, you know, in different parts of the country. Sometimes they're bigger or smaller. Anyway, just squeeze them. And when they start feeling good and squeezy, cut one open and then take it from there. See, see uh, compare the rest of them to that one. Okay. That, that's and, the best I can, advice I can give you. Okay. Uh, on on uh, my squash, I get the largest, prettiest bush. And the prettiest flowers, and they have little, uh, little little squash starting out, and then that that's as far as I go. I might get six or eight squash the whole summer. Yeah, yeah. So what can I uh, do here, here, here's the deal on that, Walter. Squash on the same plant. Squash have two different kinds of flowers. They have male flowers that produce pollen, and female flowers that turn into squash. Same thing with with gourds and melons. The male flower is on the end of just a stem. It's a yellow flower on the end of a stem. Female flower is on the end of what looks like a little squash. If you can't get pollen from the male flower to the female flower, either using bees or breaking a male flower off and using like a paintbrush and dabbing some pollen in a female flower, if pollen doesn't get from the male to the female, what looks like a little squash is just going to shrivel up. So it sounds like you're not getting good pollination. What you might want to do is look out in the mornings. If you got both kinds of flowers, the one with the stem, just break it off, peel the yellow petals off, and you got what looks like a yellow paintbrush, and dab some of that pollen in an open female flower that's on the end of a little squash, you should be eating that squash within three or four days. But it sounds like you're just not getting good pollination. question is uh, bottom right on the uh, tomatoes. I'm yeah. having a problem with that too. Yeah, uh, that's that's a lack of uh, the blossom in right on the bottom of the tomato. That's a lack of calcium in the tomatoes. Uh, you need to either add some lime to your garden every three or four years, or else get this stuff called Rot Stop. It's a liquid calcium fertilizer. It's not a po- poison, but it puts calcium in the plant. Uh, also, if the plants stay a little too dry or a little too wet, you're gonna get blossom in rot. So make sure you're not letting them stay too dry. And uh, add a little lime to your garden every two or three years to make sure there's plenty of calcium in your soil. Okay? Thank you, sir. All righty. Um, we've got a fellow who's holding, a guy from Florence, but we're going to do a real quick cheesy thing. We need to kind of slow things down a little bit, relax a little bit, sort of swipe our attitude. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing, and we're talking about gardening. We'll be right back with more right after this. Job work like the devil for my pay, but the luck 
Rocky old son has nothing to do but roll around heaven all day. Us with my woman, toil from the kids, sweat till I'm wrinkled and gray. While the lucky old son has nothing to do but roll around heaven all day. Good Lord above, can't you know I'm pining? Tears all in my eyes. Send down that cloud with a silver line and lift me to paradise. Show me the river, take me across, wash all my troubles away. Like the lucky old sun, give me nothing to do but roll around heaven all day. Or your grass is being cut too low. 
see. So the, one of the the first thing I would do is raise your mower up a notch. And I know I I sound like a broken record on this, but if you could raise your mower, your grass will get more energy from the sun. It'll grow thicker. It'll it'll be healthier. Not only will it help shade that plant out, but the 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 ground ivy have to grow up above it, and your lawnmower will snatch it out. So that's the number one thing by far. Second thing is what will kill it. It's what you would use on dandelions or any of those broadleaf weeds. What will kill that can also kill your your centipede if it's weak. So the first thing I do is raise the mower, hope for some rain, uh, picking up your grass, and then use small amounts of the weed killer just recommended for, and there's several out there, but use a liquid spray that's recommended for uh, like dandelions and stuff like that. It's, It's called broadleaf weed killer. Make sure that that's what's on there. And, uh, okay. and, and it, it's better to spray two or three, a couple of times kind of light. You'll weaken it the first time and kill the rest of it the second time without hurting your grass too much. But, again, raise your mower up. That's your number one thing. Number one thing. Okay, okay. And when should I spray it? Is this the time of year I can do that? Yeah, uh, anytime it's actively growing, you know, um, you know, that, that's when these weed killers work. But, uh, again, weed killers, if you don't have a good thick lawn, more of this stuff is just going to come back. I mean, the the first four ways to control these weeds are all raise your mower. That's the okay. number one thing. And I, I bet that alone will take care of most of it. And if it doesn't, it's really not hurting your grass. It's a low-growing plant. It's a ground cover. It smells kind of nice when you mow it. And, uh, if if you... If you're getting a lot of this, it tells you your grass is thinning out. And so the first thing when you do is get your grass healthy and sturdy, then worry about the weed killers, or else you're going to be killing your grass. If it's weak, weed killers will kill it too. So that's what I concentrate on, really would. All right. Well, I sure appreciate it, Thank you. Thank hey, you, Hey, Hey, let, let me throw out one other thing. When you pick up, when you when you start looking at this and smell it, uh, see if it's got flowers. it got tiny little organ-like flowers. And one of the common names for this this uh, ground ivy weed is called gill over the ground, sort of like fish gills over the ground. So maybe you know, looking that up close and appreciating, maybe you just won't worry about it so much. <laughs> Good luck, unsolicited advice, huh? That's got to work. Thank you, Felder. Appreciate that. Okay, man. Nothing to it. Appreciate your call. Whew. Let's see. Let's go to a Rustin. Crystal, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Hello. Hello, Crystal. What's going on? Thanks for holding. Hey, hey, Felder. I just had a little advice about wintering uh, the sago palm. I had yeah. several uh, this this year that survived, and, and I had a lot of snow. What I did was I wrapped my sagos with bubble wrap. I trimmed the leaves off and wrapped them pretty thick, like four or five inches thick with bubble wrap, and turned big flower pots over them and covered them and left them until the snow melted and all of my sagos survived. So yeah, that's that's that, that's a good thing. And by the way, it wasn't the snow that got them, believe it or not. You remember we had that snow what back in December or so. What got them? Uh, it, it was that sudden drop we had in January that dropped down really really low. Uh, you know, sagos can take down to the teens. They just right. can't, can't take down below that. So normally snow doesn't hurt them at all. But anyway, right. it's a good idea. It, it, as long as when you cover it with bubble wrap, it's really important to put something over that, like a blanket or a pot or something, or else the sun can come through there the next day 
and steam your plant through that right. plastic. Anyway, well, I wrapped it during that cold weather also and and yeah. kept them covered with the flower pot. So it really yeah. did protect them. And yeah. also, well, it's, it's, on, a, on another subject, are, are you familiar with the white gentian? I actually found some of the white gentian growing in the underbrush on my property. Yeah. And it's a, didn't know it's, what it's it was for the... It's a really cool plant, really, really cool. And, uh, you know, it, and there are some hybrids that are what some people call prettier, but that little wild one is just such a sweet little plant. Is that very rare in this part of the world? It's, it's not uh, not exactly. The, the reason a lot of these wildflowers are rare is because over the years, our woods have been cut down and cut down and cut down. And every time they cut the forest, fewer varieties come back. So, and, you know, in your neck of the woods, that place has been logged over, uh, you know, three, two or three or four times, you know, in the right. past uh, 150 years or so. And every time fewer of the, the species come back. So where you see this is fairly undisturbed areas and where it right. spreads from there. So is it able to be propagated or um, should I move it or leave it? Uh, well, now's not a good time to move it. I tell you what, shoot me an email. Uh, gentian is not a hard plant to grow. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, if if it, I, I wouldn't do anything right now this time of year, I just would not move it. Okay. So if, okay. anyway, shoot 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 me an email about it. And uh, if you got okay. a picture of it, is, is yours blooming now? Okay. Is it, is yours that. blooming right now? Uh yes, it, it is. Shoot me a real good, clear, close-up picture of it because there's several different species out there. I'm curious about which one you got. A nice okay. look close-up. Shoot okay. an email with it. I will do that. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay, Chris. Good tip on the Sago. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you. Okay. Okay, folks, you're listening to uh, the Gestalt Garden here on MPB. Let's go down to Hattiesburg and talk with Michael. Michael, what's going on with you? Hey, Felder. I, I like that dear Felder yeah. song you got going on, and hopefully I can Pretty contribute cheap. to it. But uh, I, I'm... You were mentioned a couple of weeks ago about storing, I'm not sure if it was storing fertilizer or storing like weed killer and how it loses its effectiveness. Um, no, actually, um, actually, which, which actually it's neither. It, actually, neither. Herbicides and fertilizers uh, generally don't lose their strength. It's the, uh, the insecticides, mostly, and some fungicides. They're the ones that okay, lose strength. Right. When, you, when you first open it, they start to break down, sometimes within months. So generally, insecticides and fungicides, I wouldn't carry those over from season to season. Weed killers okay. rarely lose any strength, and the fertilizer may separate a little bit, but they don't generally lose strength. Well, that's why I was asking. You know, every once in a while, you know, this time of year, they'll clearing some out on stores and stuff, and it's a good time to grab it. I wanted to make sure I wasn't grabbing something that wasn't going to be effective enough. You know, in the yeah, no, it's mostly, the early yeah, spring. Yeah, mostly, yeah, mostly insecticides and fungicides. I would, I would only get, if you need them at all, I would only get what you think you can use in one season. Okay. Well, that was helpful. That's all I really needed. Okay. I appreciate it. Great you. question, man. I do appreciate that. Okay. Right. Folks, if you want to give me a call, it's toll-free 1-877-MPB-RING. Um, one thing I'm doing this afternoon... I'm getting some one of my plants ready for a flower show. I got this big, big dracaena that I rooted. I call it a triffid. It's a big plant. And I'm going to enter it into a, a flower show tomorrow and see what happens. You know, never hurts to, you know. And, and 
getting a ribbon at a flower show isn't what you do or how much you know. It's how well you can figure out what the judges do. Cleaning it up, getting rid of bad leaves, going to put some fresh mulch, you know, pretty it up a little bit, and then we'll see from there. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break and come back with more of your phone calls. one mpb ring MPB stands for Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I'm horticulturist Stella Russia, me and Java Chapman and all the other folks here at MPB having fun bringing this garden party to you every week of the year. We'll be right back after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie folks, welcome back again. And before we take this next phone call, Java, let me let me ask you a question. Um, this is something you might can teach your kids, especially your, your oldest, because he's getting old enough. Have you ever heard you could smell rain before it comes, smell a, a storm? Have you ever heard that? Uh, no, not about the smell. I know about the pressures. You can feel it if you got those old bones, but I don't know about the yeah. smell. Well, I bet if you ask your, your mother about that, uh, she'll tell you about it. There, there's this fungus in the soil. It's not fungus. It's uh, like bacteria. Fungus. It's one of those kind of weird things down in the dirt. And it gives out, it, 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 it breaks down organic matter. What happened, this is so weird, Job, i got to share. It's sort of my hort tidbit of the week. As it breaks down, it, it, it turns, it creates this oil that's stuck in the dirt. And right before a, thermo, a, a summer thunderstorm, the air pressure uh, changes, lower air pressure, it pulls air out of the dirt, and you can smell the stuff. And it, it, it's, it's like what mushrooms smell like. If you ever smell, you know, they get kind of a funky smell to them, uh, a mushroom smell. It's got a name, it's called petrichor, but it's the smell of the, the compost. If you ever turn compost or fresh dirt, got that kind of a musky smell. Anyway, if we get with these thunderstorms around, if people are outside, right before a thunderstorm, take a deep sniff, sniff and see if you can't smell the earth. It's one of those weird little things that make us the Gestalt gardener. Anyway, sorry about interrupting your muse about that job. I just thought it was one of those little weird things, you know. I love it. I love oh, it. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's go over to Alabama and see what Jimmy's up to. Good morning, Jimmy. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing this morning? So far, so good. What's, you, what's, what's up? What can we help you with? All right. Thanks for taking my call. My, I'm calling about my pecan tree. Why, why my pecan just continue to fall off the tree? You, right now, you know, they fall off and they're not producing. And I haven't had yeah. anything in five years, really. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of things. Uh, are they still falling off the green shuck still around them? Uh, yeah, they're falling on the ground yeah. even right now. They, they're real small, yeah. you know, but they're covering the ground. They're not yeah. producing. If, yeah, if if you'll notice those green shucks have probably got these little dark brown spots on them. There's a fungus that, uh, and, and it's got a terrible name. It's called scab, C-S-C-A-B, pecan scab. It's a real common fungus, and what happens is it splashes from twigs to leaves and from leaves to little shucks. And uh, in the fall, if you ever picked up a pecan and you, you broke it open, it's all moldy on the inside, that's right. the fungus. It's real common. Uh, some varieties get it worse than others. Some of those big paper shells like 
Stewart and Desirable, you know, the really good big paper shell pecans, they're real bad about getting this. Commercial growers actually spray fungicides uh, every couple of three weeks all summer long to keep this from happening. But there's no way to spray a big tree. So uh, the other thing that'll cause them to drop is if we have a, a real wet spring and they put on a bunch of leaves and a some bunch of pecans, turns hot and dry, they'll just throw the little fruits off because it can't can't cover. So weather can cause it, but also the disease called scab that causes the little moldy. And there's not much we can do about either one of those. Just, you know, I was raised in Pecan Grove, and some years you get good pecans, some years you don't. So what, I just have to wait, spray them, or what? And there ain't no way to spray a pecan tree. I mean, like I say, I've been around pecans all my life. I was raised in Pecan Grove. And there's there's no way because you have to spray all the time. It's not something that one spray kills it like you would a bug. Something you have to put a protective film in it. We have a real wet spring or some heavy rains in the summertime. You have to spray before then to put a protective film. So it's just not practical. So the official recommendation I can make, and again, I was raised a pecan, was every three or four years fertilize the grass up under your pecan trees. That'll fertilize your tree, too, and keep them as healthy as possible. And just hope for good weather. Hope it doesn't rain too much. That's about all we can do. This practice. Fertilizer every two or three or four years, that's about it, man. Sorry. All right, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> okay, Jimmy. Hope it don't come across as negative. Just trying to be helpful here. All right, then. Thank you. Okay, Jimmy. Thanks for your call, man. Now, let's go to Starkville. Hey, Roger. How are you, sir? Hello, Father. Father, I have a gardenia that has... Uh, like a white fungus growing onto the leaves or turning dark on the edges. Is there a home remedy for this? Who? No, you know, I'm, I'm I'm pretty familiar with gardenia problem. I'm not familiar with that. Um, anyway, you can see me a good, clear, close-up picture. It may be a fungus, in which case those infected leaves will probably shed, but if you'll give your plant a little fertilizer and a good soaking, it should put on some new leaves and new flowers, and let, let those, in other words, may just be a temporary problem caused by some wet weather. Um, could be an insect, though, so unless I know for sure, you know, I really hate to guess, not any kind of treatment I could recommend unless we know for sure what the problem is. If it's a disease, once the leaves are diseased, you can't, you can't cure them. You've got to help the plant put on some new growth that won't be diseased. That's the, so... A little fertilizer, good soaking, and if you can, shoot me a good, clear, close-up picture. Let's take it from there, Roger. I appreciate that. Thank you. Okay, good luck on it. Okay, now let's head over to Lexington, the home of the Little Red Schoolhouse. What's up, Wayne? Hello, how you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Thanks for calling. Uh, yes, I'm having a problem with my apple trees. I have a, a Granny Smith and I have a Fuji apple tree and they are yeah. approximately uh, maybe a little over a hundred feet apart and the apples come on them they grow to nice size but then they end up with black spots on them and then they turn around and they rot on the tree yeah unfortunately this is pretty common apples and pears it also teaches the plums are susceptible to not only insects but also fungus diseases, especially in a place of the world like ours where it's get hot and humid and stays muggy all night. That's perfect mm-hmm. conditions for, 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 for fruit rot diseases. 
The only real control from that, uh, seriously, two things you can do. One is in the wintertime, thin out some of the branches so there's, so there's better air circulation, so, so the trees aren't real thick with leaves. Thin some of it out, and the air circulation will help, control, help the tree dry out. The other thing would be to use a fungicide. You go to any garden center, they have this stuff called fruit tree or home orchard spray. That's what they're mm-hmm. called, home orchard spray or fruit tree spray. And it's got the, the, the right mix of things in there that you can spray to control some of the insects and help prevent some of the diseases. But unless you're willing to spray every couple of three weeks, that's the best I can recommend, uh, Wayne, is just to thin out some of the branches so you get better air circulation. A lot of times, this is all it takes. Okay. Thank you. Oh, yeah. And one other question okay. I'd like to know. Okay. Uh, you were talk- they, were- they mentioned something about a show that's going to be, uh, where is it going to be, and, 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 and what uh, can you put in it? Because my wife is growing some pineapples. Okay, yeah. No, this is this is a flower show. Uh, unfortunately, I'm a long ways away. I'm over in England right now. This is a flower show in England. And uh, a lot of local, you know, there, there's a garden club there in Lexington, and they may have flower shows from time to time. But, you know, there, there's there's also one at the state fair, but it's not until October. And I'd be, be willing to bet you and your wife aren't going to be able to resist eating that pineapple before then. But they have a good flower show every October at the flower show at, at, at the state fair. The day before it opens, you can enter plants in it for free, and uh, people come in by the thousands and look at them. Okay. Uh, anyway, all right. Get, Thank you very you, much. You bet. Well, hey, if you get a chance, shoot me an email about that. I can give you some details. But, and I'd like to see a picture of it, too, if you can get a good picture of it, okay? Oh, okay. Thank you. All right, appreciate it. And folks, our email address is one is <laughs> is not a garden at mpbonline.org. I try to. I think I'm caught up on emails right now. There may have two or three I missed past day or so. But anyway, if you want to shoot me an email during the week, garden at mpbonline.org. Hey, y'all, the uh, Salt Gardener is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. One of, we have programs every day, all week long, all every morning. This is just one of them. But, um, my producer laid back for hard work in Java Chapman. Our phone greeter today is our boss, Jason Klein, and I appreciate that a bunch. I'm your host, Bill Rushing. I'm going to be thinking of all of y'all as I put a little flower in the flower show over here in England. Coming home in a couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about stuff uh, every week here about gardening. If you get a chance, take your kid to a garden center or a farmer's market. Stop telling your kids to go outside. Go outside with them and show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. See y'all next week.